Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. I am Graham Gia Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well, having a great week so far, as we are one week out from WrestleMania weekend. I will be there in L.A. next week for all the festivities. Very much looking forward to it. Before then, though, we got a big interview on tap. You find folks here today on the show with WWE Hall of Famer, someone competing on said WrestleMania card next weekend, Trish Stratus. And she was great. The interview went up in article form first last Friday on Bleach Report. The video is well, same day, YouTube.com backslash uh, WrestleRant on the YouTube channel. So tomorrow, actually, we're airing the interview, the audio of the interview with Trish today. Uh, we had the Danny Cage interview go up in audio for him last week here on the show from Monster Factory. He was he was great. Video version of that interview went up today on the YouTube channel. Tomorrow is the video version and the article version of my Charlotte Flair interview. Probably won't have time to drop it here on the show because next week, like I said, is WrestleMania week. It's going to be all about WrestleMania predictions with myself and Mr. Marceau. So keep an ear out for that. But the Charlotte interview will be dropping tomorrow on Bleach Report and on... Um, uh, on Bleach Report and in video form as well, like I said, on the YouTube channel, so check it out when you get a chance. And with all that out of the way, uh, and actually one more plug as well, new episode to WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. Now, on that note, enjoy my exclusive interview with WWE Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus. Graham G. Samathis here, BleachReport.com. Today we're talking to WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus, ahead of the upcoming episode, A&E WWE Rivals. Trish, you're going to be a subject on that documentary alongside Lita. Trish, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. You just have a little uh, show coming up on A&E. I have a WrestleMania match. You know, nothing much. Nothing much. <laughs> just staying busy in the Trish Stratus world, as always. But, I mean, I, I feel like the episode is so fitting and it's so timely, like you mentioned, with WrestleMania coming up. It's not just any ordinary any ordinary WrestleMania match you're having. You're teaming with said former rival, now friend, on and off again over the last 20, 25 years, Lita. In that special, you guys are teaming at WrestleMania. How appropriate is the timing of this episode coming up on ANA? It is, as they say, apropos. Um, it is quite, it, and it just was like serendipitous because it was like, literally within my team, my team was like, oh, wow, this coming out with this happening is really amazing, right? Yeah. Like it's great um yeah i mean it's 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 great it's um we were thrilled to know we were being spotlighted as a rival episode um you know we know we know the trish and lita thing is talked about and it's kind of like the, the point that the people point to that rivalry we had a dvd release you know best friends better rivals um which is a very true statement with us but um yeah to have it coming out now with like wrestlemania around the corner now and like knowing like we're going to be on the same team it's just it's cool to be on the flip side of it all knowing because really be, our rivalry right was like built as as entertainers out there what we did was um unique it was this interesting dynamic there was this intangible between us uh, which we produced as characters on the show but it was all you know the reason we could pull it off i think is because we had this amazing relationship the entire mm -hmm. time trust each other and we had this bond and really we did we did this journey together we had the same drive the same motivation and the same uh mo to go out there and just change the perception of, of how females are viewed in this business uh and so that's the underlying you know current of like this whole thing and so to have it come out this way and us to be on the same side is, is pretty special yeah i think what's cool about it too what you mentioned is that we've seen this you know talked about a lot the trish and lita rivalry in many different documentaries on network specials and stuff like that over the last 20 years but I feel like timing is everything. Again, not just the fact that you guys are teaming at WrestleMania, but so much has changed, not just with YouTube, but like women's wrestling on the whole. Like we knew that you guys had an impact on the division with what you did when you guys initially retired back in 06 around that time frame. But it's even more apparent all these years later as we speak in 2023. So I feel like, again, the timing is everything like you mentioned. And does doing a documentary like this and reflecting on the rivalry 
these many years later, as opposed to in the mid 2000s, mid 2010s, whatever, give you more reflection and kind of add more to the documentary as opposed to what it would have been 10, 15 years ago? A thousand percent, because a lot of it is retrospective, because when you're in the grind and you just even freshly retired at that point, um, and maybe even publicly, people didn't realize the impact right at the time until later on or seeing then the women go and do what they do now is because, you know, they were inspired or, you know, uh, motivated by what we did in the past. So it means more. Um, but yeah, like uh, it really took us to like, you know, be retired, go out, meet the fans, doing autograph signings, talking to fans and and meeting like the dad who's like, I just got my daughter into wrestling, but I started with your stuff, the OG mm-hmm. stuff. You know? And it's like, it's, it's really cool. You know, the network allowed that to happen. We let they were able to go back and watch all the stuff because I would laugh. I'm like, oh, what? you weren't even born when I was wrestling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, so I think, you know, we definitely have a different, uh, perspective now to, to know, um, what we did or what impact we made. Uh, but the cool thing about like, even the match happening now, you know, touching on, you think of the, the dynamic of like, we have the, the, the past, you have the present with Becky and Bailey and you have the future in EO and Dakota, um, all in one match. And so just think about the layers there, um, that, that are being presented in that match itself. Um, uh, but yeah, like it's really, it, it goes back to everything we did and what we, where it came from in the journey you know like from bailey saying like i watched you guys in the main event and said oh my god this is something i can do to eo saying like i can't believe i'm in this match with you you know what i mean so um it's uh, after i punched her after that of course i'm just saying of course <laughs> we were talking <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's um, it's really cool. And I think I'm, I'm really like appreciative of the opportunity to have this documentary done at this time and this, not saying the timing of WrestleMania, that's just been serendipitous. Yeah. But uh, the fact that we are able to years later come back and sit down and do this retrospective look because it takes those moments to sit back, look through old stuff, be reminded of moments, hear what other people are saying to be like, holy smokes, like, wow, what, what a difference, you know? Um, and like, you know, just even, you know, he, I think it took hearing other superstars saying, that's what made me want to get into wrestling, right? And seeing these amazing superstars currently performing and that because of what they saw, what we did, you know, yeah. seeing them like Natty growing up in the world of wrestling, literally, right? And saying, I did not think I could do this or I wanted to do this until I saw you. She told me, until I saw you, I was like, oh, that's, that's, now I see it. Now yeah. I, can see, I can see myself doing this. Um, and, you know, believe me, at the time, we did not, we were just trying to do good, you know? We were just like, <laughs> show the guys that we can do this too. And, you know, let's prove, like, when we got the main event match, let's prove that, like, we can have this, you know, coveted time slot and we can deliver, um uh, and it wasn't until you know years later we're like oh my god that was a, a very important piece of history at the mm-hmm. beginning of all like a rung on the ladder of where they ended up you know where the women ended up going and how the you know i said the evolution of revolution whatever we call it nowadays uh where not to say it began there but it was the beginnings of it right so um that we're now presenting the women in a different light and then therefore the the fan base the WWE universe can now view us in a different light yeah, exactly. Just how far everything has come with the company and the women's division since those early days of main eventing Raw. And now it's a, a normal thing where it's not even a big deal anymore. Like it's it's an expected thing as it should be. Main eventing pay-per-views and stuff like that and having so much talent in this one match at WrestleMania is going to showcase that with you guys involved, which is great. Um, Obviously, like you said, you and Lita on the same side this time, teaming as partners alongside Becky Lynch. Obviously, you and Lita reuniting on the show recently, but you guys are very close outside of the ring. We, we don't see it on the show, but like for years, you guys have always been best friends. Does adding How does adding Becky into that mix, does it change the dynamic at all? Is it she along the same lines as you guys? Can you talk about that relationship a little bit? Yeah, no, she definitely, uh, it's an, it is, it's a great dynamic because her and Lita are very similar. Like they sort of, um, forge that path of like doing it their own way. And that yeah. sort of, that, 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 that MO was both, uh, both of them were kind of living that out. Um, and, and, um, I've been a fan of hers for so long. I mean, we had some interaction at a live event in Toronto and we had some fun just going back and forth. And I think people are getting a kick out of that. Cause we have a bit of that same personality with our, our punny personality and whatnot. So, so it's been fun. It really is a nice mix. Um, and like I said, um, just to be able to go in with her and, uh, and then, you know, touch touch with Bailey and then the new girl um it's going to make for a really interesting match because there's we all have our styles right we all came from different times and we're all bringing it to this match so I'm excited to see how it all comes together and I mean I could be more happier to to team with Lita like we just if we're going to go back and we're going to put everything on hold and I have life business and I have babies and I have all this stuff right it's like we're having so much fun right we're having the best time we're doing it together and uh yeah it's just it's really special to go back in this capacity 
And you mentioned the interaction with Becky on that house show a while ago in Toronto. Was that like the spark for you that was like, I, I, I kind of want to come back and be able to work with her, face her, team with her, whatever. I know Bailey, she, you've been on her bucket list for a long time. Obviously, you had your last match previously back at SummerSlam 2019. At that point, that was your last match. We still don't know when, you know, there, there could be another match to come. This may not be a retirement match. Only you know that in the future will bring and stuff like that. Can you talk about like, what was the spark and what changed since then that was like, maybe I do want to have a couple more matches. What kind of changed within you, uh, within you there? Yeah. I don't think it was a conscious choice to say, I want to go back. I have some more in me mm -hmm. to be honest. The Charlotte match for me was a very perfect ending. It was the generational face off. It was, you know, the best of that generation. Of, so they say the best of my generation, you know, we yeah. got a chance to face off and bring that to, in Toronto. Like everything about it was absolutely perfect. And for that to be a closure to me, I was very, satisfied with that it was yeah. felt really good um but then having these little interactions with live events realizing it's fun and it was it's neat to like you know to to have that mix up and have the generational mix up but i think like i've always said since the very beginning when i retired was i would return if a it was fun uh <laughs> yeah. it was challenging i wanted to go i'm not gonna go back and not have fun obviously i'm gonna go have fun because i'm putting all the stuff aside to do it you know yeah. um it's not like the old days where that's all i do is i go and wrestle <laughs> I literally i go train at like nine till midnight after my kids are in bed i go to the yeah. ring you know what I mean? so you know it's, it's a lot of, it's a big thing it's a big sacrifice but i love it mm -hmm. um and it has to be um you know having that chance to i don't want to say pass the torch necessarily but to do that to influence another generation right to bring something in my experience my 20 years of experience bring that and 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 have it rub off on the others um and because i've always said like you know i don't know if trish Stratus is necessarily known as like the best wrestler ever mm -hmm. but um i stuck in your memories for something it was the je ne sais quoi as they call it um a little something like a little something i did whether it's my psychology the little intricate moments and and, and things about making it so i love passing that sort of knowledge and i got a, a chance to do it with tough enough where i saw it's not about just like, oh, let me teach you an arm drag. No, no. Like yeah. I can give you the stuff that I feel like is what makes a superstar stand out and what makes them memorable and makes a moment memorable. Taking something even that's like, you know, we used to make us have a saying and saying, if you have, ch you're given chicken shit, we're going to make chicken salad out of it, you know? So, um, you know, I guess that was kind of crude to say it. I probably could have said that lemon <laughs> reference there. It would have said better, but <laughs> 80s rolling your eyes at me. Um, but, um, you know what I mean? It's just about like making the most out of every moment out there, but there's little things to do and like knowing an audience and how to evoke an emotion from an audience uh, and these are little things like even I see in the jobs I do today like I'm a, a judge on Canada Canada's Got Talent and the producers always come up they're like I just love the way you you, the, you get the crowd involved like you yeah. know there's one thing like here's your golden buzzer here's Trish Stratus who's like stands up points to her fucking <laughs> up on the, like that's yeah. what I do and in a moment they're like that was incredible it's being replayed it went viral whatever you know what i mean so um it is it is about creating those moments and i'm happy to like you know do that with these girls um on the grandest stage of all yeah and you talk about like the grandest stage of all in wrestlemania and it's crazy because the last time we saw you at wrestlemania that wasn't your last match you talk about the charlotte match that was at SummerSlam in toronto such an excellent match and a swan song for that period in time and that was a singles match this is a six woman so it's a different dynamic obviously but the last time we saw you at mania in the ring would have been 2011 right the six person tag team match so i believe so yeah. it would have been over 10 years ago which is crazy and obviously you've done so much outside of the ring since then much more accomplished decorated in the ring outside of the ring can you talk about what the difference is coming back for this match obviously two very different matches that one kind of came together last minute it seemed like snooki was involved different dynamic this is much yeah. more straightforward with the past present and future like you said uh talk about like the difference of coming back for that match and the difference of coming back for this match 10 years apart at wrestlemania well um it definitely like it's gonna be it's just it has there's like different stakes right there's like yep. there's an element of proving yourself a little bit too coming back you always feel like you have to prove yourself um, I know like with my Charlotte match, that was like one of my big driving forces was not only proving it to the fans that I could do this. It was to myself. Like, can I still do this? Yeah. You know, um, I've just been competitive my whole life and I'm, I'm, I thrive on challenge. So I love the fact that like, can I still hang with these girls, you know? And um, believe me, before I accepted, I, I, I did a few ring, rounds in the ring and I, you know, I <laughs> physically to know, like, can I do this? The question was rhetorical, but um, I definitely, you know, um, pulling it off and, and just doing and just making these moments, right? Like my career for me, I feel like has been made. I've been blessed with these really, really magical moments. Even WrestleMania, I've been very blessed to have many met WrestleMania moments, right? Yep. So to have another one, have the opportunity to create another one that leave and, and, and it's competitive, right? There's two nights. There's amazing superstars. 
there's females that possibly could main event, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's insane. So um, I'm going to do my best to make sure that people are talking about this match and I'll do what I can know what I know to bring to the ring in order to do that. What I think is so cool about this match too, is that especially going into it before it was made official on Monday's raw, because this was only three days ago that it was officially added to WrestleMania. No one really knew what exactly the mania match would be. That was before you came back. Lita and, and Becky, would they be partners? Would they be facing Bailey one-on-one? There's a lot of different dynamics, and now we know what the match is going to be. You talked about agreeing to the match. Can you take us through the timeline of when officially that was? Because we had heard reports you were at Raw and not used and stuff like that. Plans change. It's wrestling. That stuff happens all the time. Can you talk a little bit about the timeline and when that was kind of made official for you? Yeah, um, it would. We've I've been speaking with WWE for a little while now about possibly doing a little something like mm-hmm. you know since I did live events. We, yeah. they always thought there was always ideas thrown at me because once they saw me get in there with the girls, it was like, oh, this could be this could be something. And and I'm always surprised too. Like you know, I mean, don't forget, like it's a Toronto event, but I mean, like the response. You want to make sure like people are still into me. Like yeah. if she still deliver. Like there's all those questions, right? Um, so you know, I've, I'm obviously in great. I have a great relationship with WWE, so we've always talked. If there's a moment, and they've always said. Would you come back? Yeah, if there's the right moment, I know, like I said, those very, if the right moment is challenging, I can touch another generation and, and make a difference. That would be great. You know, these these boxes have to be checked. But, um, mm-hmm. and this was just, it just, it came together. And because don't forget, Lita had a nice little ending swan song, so to speak, as well. Like she got to go with Becky and, and she went to Saudi Arabia and had that great moment too. So we both had like, that's cool. Like even out of all those years in retirement, we were both able to go back in singles match capacity and nail it, you know, and do it, do great stuff. Right. So, um, but this, I think that I honestly, to be honest, the bit, the opportunity for me and Lita to actually be on the same team in a WrestleMania moment, because I feel like Trish and Lita, we missed, we had WrestleMania 18, yep. but I had so many WrestleMania moments after that, but we weren't together. We were not together, which is shocking that actually there was not yeah. even a, a moment with Lita and I. Um, so for us to go back in this capacity, um, and be on the same team and just do what we do together, it's just so fun. It's fun for us. And I think it's interesting. And I think for fans to finally see us to come, especially because don't forget the rivalry since day one, because our, our careers have paralleled mm-hmm. since we, you, you know, you always knew there's just something when they get in the ring, there's just something between Trish and Lita, right? For the fans to finally be like, re, like to unite, right? To be on both sides. Because when we started the team bestie thing, we knew that that like fans were like, okay, I don't have to just choose between you guys. I could be. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I think now for us to see it play out, to see this relationship, like it's all been based on this amazing relationship of trust. The bond we formed has all come. Like the reason we're great, we were great rivals. The reason we could go and like put our bodies on the line and 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 trust each other out there and do this great stuff and take these great strides and and these um, interrupted steps to be like, can we do this together? It's because we did it together and we had each other's support. We had each other's back. And um, I think that has been the main thing along the way is this amazing friendship and this bond. So now to share this moment together, knowing we had our part in all the girls in the ring, we influence them in some way. It's pretty special. So to do that together and be there almost representing it's, it's, I mean, that's really, for me, was the, this is an obvious yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a fitting, I don't want to say last chapter of that rivalry, but of this story, it's the perfect next progression as far as the women that you guys influenced now teaming together, which shockingly never really happened before in WWE until now we have women's tag team titles now, which was barely a thought in anyone's mind 15 years ago. Like, it's crazy to think about the story and how it's culminating, the timing of the episode, you can't write this stuff. Like it kind of just works out perfectly. And yeah. with a match like this, it, it's cool. Like when you go into it, I guess, last question for you, you look at this as probably not my last, like, are you at a point now where it's like, it's hard to say what my retirement match is going to be. If it is, it is. And that sort of thing. It's hard to kind of label that going in, I guess, at this point. It is, it, it is, it is, it is hard because I thought Charlotte for sure. Like, how do you yeah. get better than that? I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It. This is, it, it checked the box, you know, but yeah. I feel like maybe we're, they're going to have to go and do a revised ending to the to the Rivals episode after they watch it. Or maybe there's a part two of be like, and the journey continues. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll see. But I'm super excited. I think that uh, the, the, I'm excited to watch this episode. I think it's going to be so fun to see it. The story told, which everyone knows a Trish and Lita story, but to see it in from our perspective now at this point in our life. Right. And and, and with where where the women are. Um, in the industry um, and and hearing their insight uh, brought to the d- documentary as well. It's going to be a really special. And um, I'm just excited for, you know, having that moment to to show the journey and to, you know, finally have a voice um, and know that like it, it was, it's being heard. And, uh, and we finally, you know, we knocked down the preconceived notion of what a female could do in the ring and we did it together. 
Yeah. And no better place than on the grandest stage of them all as well. And we'll see you guys there and in the dock. A lot of Trish Stratus to go around right now. In addition to everything else you're already doing, like you said, you're a mom and you have all these other positions and jobs and stuff going on, which is great to see. So congrats on the success. I'm looking forward to the dock. Looking forward to the match. What was that? Thank you. Oh, yes. Physicians and jobs. He's got exactly. it all. It's- mom (laughs) (laughs) you got a lot of stuff going on there's never a shortage of stratus going around in the world wwe or otherwise twish trish thank you so much for the time i appreciate it and best luck with everything going forward thank you i appreciate you very much thanks for your support always and uh, we'll talk again soon big thanks to trish for the time she was terrific be sure to check out the video version as i mentioned over on bleach report and the video version on the youtube channel from last friday charlotte flair interview going live tomorrow on bleach report and on the youtube channel first thing on friday so check that out when it drops now we throw it to mr marcel our conversation talking all things from the past week in the world of wrestling mr marcel brother i i saw you a week and a half ago at raw in providence i saw you this past week at fenway i've gotten so much of you brother i'm so blessed yeah, I mean, I uh, you almost missed me. I was going to fly out to St. Louis to catch Raw for the third week in a <laughs> row, but canceled my flight, made sure I could see you again on, on Monday in Boston. So I caught you yes, in Providence. I mean, no, it works out well. It's crazy. Yeah, it's been a crazy month. Listen, I caught you for Raw in Providence a week and a half ago. I saw you at Fenway in Boston on Monday. Are you still flying out to LA on Monday? Am I going to catch you in the baggage claim? I, hey, if they put me under where Fluffy's going, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I actually had a cat named Fluffy like 20 years ago. Hey, bring him! Hey, bring him with you, and I'll join him under the uh, under the plan. I'll bark and do the whole nine. I still think I'm I'm still trying to work out the details for when we'll talk next week. We will talk next week. It's the big WrestleMania prediction panel, as we usually do every year before WrestleMania. Talking two nights of WrestleMania. We'll be talking about that all next week. Uh, we'll talk NXT stand and deliver later this episode. Actually, I try to throw it in with the WrestleMania stuff, but the the card's so big. It's well, let's keep that exclusively to WrestleMania. We'll talk NXT standing deliver today. Not a fan of the card. The two top matches I'm looking forward to, but uh, a lot of multi-man matches, a lot of multi-team matches, multi-women matches. It's just, to me, it's a fucking mess. It's like WrestleMania 2000 all over again. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about Raw. We'll talk about Dynamite from last night. We missed Dynamite last week. Didn't have a chance to talk about it. I don't even know if I had watched the show by the time I talked to you last week, but uh, we talked all about our, our experience at Raw Instead, uh, we will shed some light on Dynamite a little bit later on. We'll talk about the latest WWE Hall of Fame announcement as well. But first and foremost, Mr. Marso, the hottest rumor uh, going around right now in the last 24 hours, a potential return WrestleMania weekend of a uh, certain superstar that's been gone for close to a year now. That being Randy Orton. Might be on his way back in the not-too-distant future. There had been a report not too long ago that his, I think, bootmaker had said something publicly about Randy reaching out to him about making his boots for a potential return soon. So this could be what that was about, and he could be back as soon as WrestleMania weekend. We've heard no other updates on his status otherwise. I don't know if that's official or not, but that seems like a great way and a great time to bring Orton back. Oh, amazing. I, I miss Randy so much. Uh, I think, I don't know what you do with him. I think there's plenty of different directions you can go with him, but He's just going to be a massive baby face when he comes back. Everyone loves Randy Orton, but missing him for a full year, I mean, if he returns at SoFi, the, the roof will fall off the building, I think. Yeah, so he can come back at WrestleMania itself. I think the post-WrestleMania Raw is also very possible. Um, you mentioned the different directions in which you can bring him back. For you, what would make the most sense? I know we've talked you know, over text. I talked with Randy the other day, the other Randy, not that Randy, about him being back on Monday's Raw um, you know, the Raw to WrestleMania challenging maybe for the WWE undisputed title, whatever you want to call it with, uh, you know, him chasing Cody. Um, the only way, the only reason I don't like that story right now is that I feel like when Orton comes back, because the last time we saw him was as a heel and because he's so fucking beloved and over at this point in his career, I feel like he would get cheered over Cody Rhodes. Um, that being said though, I think that would be a good program at some point. I don't know when Riddle's due back. We haven't seen him since December. Reportedly, he he, he went to rehab. Uh, again, no real update on his status and his potential timetable for being back. But what would you want to see with Randy Orton upon you know returning to WWE at some point soon? Yeah, it's tough to say. Like you said, I think uh, Cody and, and Randy feuds definitely in the horizon, especially if Cody wins the belt. Um but I agree with you. I think once he comes back, he'll be a massive baby face, and Cody will get booed. I mean, Randy Orton is like one of the goats, if you want to say, in the last 25 years in WWE, and 
he was super over when he left recently before he got hurt, and I don't see it being any different when he comes back. So, honestly, maybe do something with him in theory if you want to do that. I, I mean, I don't think Randy would win, but he'd definitely get cheered and over, obviously, Theory would get the heat. So, I think that, like, maybe if he came back at WrestleMania specifically, maybe do something with him and LA Knight because I think he'll do something. We just don't really know. I saw things that maybe they do something here with Bobby Lashley that's random. Obviously, with the whole Bray Wyatt stuff, you, I mean, it would have to be random, but oh, maybe him and Randy, I don't know, something like that. Something, I would put him against a definite heel because he's going to get shared regardless. I think it would be a big WrestleMania moment for him to be back on that show. Uh, we haven't seen him since May when he got injured. I mean, he was already injured prior to this point, but we haven't seen him since May when he had a hurt back, when uh, the Usos became the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champion. So it would be a great moment at WrestleMania. We've had Cody Rhodes return to WrestleMania last year, the Hardy Boys, five, six years ago, and a number of others over the years. So it would make for a great moment. Um, I think the post-WrestleMania Raw also makes sense. But either way, I, I would say for now anyway, bring him back as a babyface and then... Again, like you said, Theory is not a bad idea because Theory is a definitive heel. He should be getting booed anyway, and Theory should be working with people that fans care about. The Cena feud so far has been very disappointing for Theory because Cena's not been on the show whatsoever. He was on the show two weeks ago with Cena. Um, completely buried Theory, as we talked about here on the show at the time. And we haven't seen him since. Theory has since beaten both members of the Prophets back-to-back weeks on Raw. If Cena's on Raw this week, they're not advertising him, at least the last time I checked, so maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know. I mean, this really hasn't been a hot build to that match anyway, but I think Theory could really benefit from working with Orton. Uh, Cody, I just feel like, would be booed right now. That wouldn't be a very smart decision to put your most popular babyface in there right now with the other most popular babyface. I feel like that'd be smart, or stupid, rather. Um, Even if they were to turn Orton heel, I'm not sure how many people would boo him, so a lot of different directions they can go in. We'll see what they do. That was from PW Insider, who I do trust is a credible source. So we'll see if we see Orton soon on WWE TV. Um, I mentioned that they announced the latest inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame. We didn't talk about it last week, but the great Muda was added to the you know listing uh, last week on the bump. This week on Monday, uh, before Raw, they announced that it's going to be Andy Kaufman entering the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, I know you mentioned it does not make any sense, in which I agree in the sense that um, he obviously never did anything with WWE beyond, I think, one promo many, many years ago um, before the Lawler stuff got started, I think. But beyond that, he was never really involved with WWE. My mindset has always been that they acknowledge everything they own, whether it be WCW or ECW or the Lawler territories like Memphis and shit like that. You know, whether they own it or not, if they acknowledge it to me, I think that's worthy. As silly as that sounds, that to me has always been the criteria. Um, I feel like he should have been a long time ago. One of the biggest impacts on wrestling was his involvement with the Jerry Lawler stuff back in Memphis decades ago. Tales from the Territory did a great episode on it a few months back in late 2022. And there's a, I mean, there's man on the man on a or man on a mission, uh, man on man on the moon rather. I'm man on. I was gonna say all this other random shit. Man on the moon. They also have Jim and Andy, the Netflix documentary. So talk to me, Mr. Marceau. Your thoughts on Andy Kaufman going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year, rounding out so far, what's been a pretty strong class. No, yeah, I think it's a great. Uh, like I said, I, I guess when I think of it as a whole, it is like you said. It's, I guess it's like it is a WWE Hall of Fame, but at the end of the day, it does like. It's like the umbrella of all the companies that they kind of acquired or own. So obviously Memphis would kind of go in that category. But no, yeah, like I obviously wasn't around for it. But like Cornette always talks about like how big of a deal back then, like the whole Andy Kaufman Waller feud was in Memphis. Like people were like legitimately like fucking wanted to like they couldn't wait for Waller to get his hands on on Kaufman because he was just such a prick. And it seems like it was just like something that kept that territory afloat and really helped Waller and just kind of gained momentum for them in like the early 80s. So, I mean, definitely a great celebrity involvement because it drew money and it kind of kept that small territory afloat for a while. So I think it's a good addition. I mean, I think that David Letterman segment from uh, around that period during that feud was one of the most memorable segments in television history at that point as well, coming from someone who also wasn't around at that point. I mean, just the way it's talked about and it's still referenced today with him slapping Andy Kaufman on the David Letterman show. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that from Lawler in the last number of years, but you know, it's true because it wasn't a pretty epic moment. So I'm glad to see him finally being enshrined into the WWE Hall of Fame where he belongs. Uh, I feel like that's pretty cool. 
Any other predictions for who else we could see added? I know Stacy Keebler's name was rumored at one point, I think per PW Insider. And I think they might be keeping it small, the class this year. I mean, the Hall of Fame's in a week. I mean, I don't know if they really talk about when it's airing. I know it's airing, I think, on Peacock after SmackDown next week. Um, yeah, they haven't really talked a whole lot about it. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be Stacy Keebler and then reportedly a referee for the first time, which is very interesting and very well-deserved, assuming it's Tim White or Earl Hebner or Charles Robinson, who's still active there, or even um, Mike Chioda is another name that comes to mind. So uh, thoughts on the Hall of Fame class so far on the whole and who else you would like to see added? Yeah, I think it's so far so good. I, I Even in any like legitimate sport, I'm more of a small hall guy anyways. Obviously, the WWE doesn't really mean too much because they've let pretty much anyone with any to no cri- like cr- criteria in. But I just feel like with a smaller class, which I hope they could do maybe with the induction ceremony, give them more time to talk. And the last couple of years, they've had so many people that are like, oh, five minutes, you're done. Like, like these people are being honored. I mean, they should get more time to like talk and thank everyone and Oh, it's like the moment when you just cut them off. And last couple of years, kind of annoyed me because they even really had enough time to talk. And it's kind of that's the whole point of the Hall of Fame induction ceremony to let these people talk and thank people and talk about their career and stuff like that. So um, I think I saw Stacy Keeler, which I liked. Um, a referee would be cool. Like I said, I think it'd be either her, Earl Hebner, Tim White, uh, Charles Robinson, the three that come off my either even even Kyoto, but I think Hebner or. Robinson or Tim White. I mean, Tim White did pass recently, uh, but Hebner and, and Charles Robinson have been in the industry for had been in the industry or in the industry still for a long time. So I like I like that as well. But besides that, I like it small, and I feel like I said if if, if possible, give these people uh, more time to talk and kind of go over their career and just highlight some things. Yeah, having a smaller class definitely allows for that. I mean, there have been years where some people will get, like you said, two to five minutes for a speech, or some people will go well past their time. I'm thinking Mr. T, I'm thinking Hillbilly Jim, people that were speaking for like 20, 30 minutes. I think Lita's speech back in the... I mean, it's Lita, I mean, she's deserving of it, but her speech was like 45 minutes. I mean, uh, some of these speeches run a little long, so they can kind of time it a little bit better with less people. I'm all for that. I'm not even sure if I'll be there next week at the Hall of Fame. I'm not 100% sure yet, but uh, I will be watching it. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, as we transition to Raw on Monday, not to me as strong of a show as the show that we were there for a week ago or the show that you were there for the week before that in in Boston. Um, This was a decent show. I thought it started strong, ended strong. Not a lot of meaningful, monumental stuff in the middle. Um, Let's start with the beginning, though, and what was really one of the biggest highlights of the show the big angle came last week on SmackDown. Kevin Owens coming to the aid of Sami Zayn against the Usos. The match is now official for WrestleMania. Owens, Zayn versus the Usos, undisputed WWE tag team title match. Now, this has been in the works for a long time now. Um, we've been talking about it here on the show. I mean, I have mentioned in this, I've been mentioning this for fucking at least nine months. At least nine months or so. Uh, dating back to that segment they had on SmackDown, which I just rewatched the other day, it was like... I think Memorial Day weekend, I remember watching it with you at your place when we were watching Double or Nothing, but that great, amazing segment they had on SmackDown back in May of last year, it's been building ever since then, and now here we are. The reunion was amazing, it was made official on Monday's Raw, I've spoken enough about how great I thought the single was, what were your thoughts, Mr. Marceau? Oh, this is great stuff. Uh, the reunion on SmackDown was amazing, I thought it was very well done, uh, the stuff on Monday was was even better, I thought... Like you said, I think we've it was pretty much in the cards for a while. Like we could see it finally coming. Uh, like the pieces were starting to fall. Like the dominoes were falling in the right direction. Now we're getting the Usos, Zayn and Owens. Uh, like I said, I said texted you on Monday when he said like two brothers versus two brothers. Like really got me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the storyline, like it's coming to an end or it's finally getting to its max, like climax and. I mean, I see people saying, like, oh, Rhea and Charlotte for main event. I, I, if this match does a main event, it it would kind of annoy me. Or, like, it should, like, it should open night two. I mean, it, besides Roman and Cody, this is the biggest story going on. I understand people want, like, oh, we want, like, the women and men to be equal. I mean, I understand that to a point, but it shouldn't be putting someone in the main event to check off a box or say that you're equal with draws and what is the best should main event. And if Charlotte, I think Charlotte and Rio is going to be a great match. I just 
I think Zane and Owens and the Usos, like I said, they are like literally 1A, 1B, Cody and Reigns. Their story's been building for month, well, pretty much all last year. Um, it's been great. They're probably the best stuff going easily in wrestling in general, even just WWE the last year in general. Um, I think it would be a mistake not to put it on last. Um, unless, like I said, unless they did the first match on night two, the Usos lose and and then we move on to Reigns, but uh, just to squash that, I think it should main event over Rhea and Charlotte. Listen, I agree. I mean, I've said this before elsewhere, but Rhea and Charlotte, I don't want to say in any other mania, but like last year, I would have even made a, a bigger case for it, but the Steve Austin stuff had to go on last. For this year, that tag team title match is more anticipated than anything else on the card short of Reigns and Cody. I just feel like it makes sense to go on last. And Rhea and Charlotte, I do feel really bad that they would be bumped in that case. Twice in the case of Charlotte, who was bumped last year from the main event in favor of the Steve Austin in-ring return. In that case, justifiably so, because the match wasn't good. I do think Rhea and Charlotte will be far better than Charlotte and Ronda was last year. Um, You know, it sucks, but at the end of the day, it's not a matter of who deserves what. It's more a matter of what makes the most sense to go on last. What is the biggest match? What will be the best match? And to me, it's the tag team title match. I completely agree. Now, you mentioned this a moment ago. Where, if it's not main eventing, what do you do with that tag team title match? It's kind of odd to me they haven't yet actually announced what's going on what night. We have one Raw, I mean, I guess two SmackDowns left. Uh, I would assume they're waiting until next week. I don't think they even know what is going on each night. Obviously, Roman and Cody is night two. I know you mentioned this, but Logan Paul mentioned in his various promos that he's wrestling on his birthday, April 1st. So that kind of indicates he's wrestling on night one. I would open night one with those guys and then open night two with the tag team title match. Uh, What would you do and where would you put them? I feel like bookending night two with the bloodline stuff at this point, if they're not main eventing, is probably your next best, you know, uh, course of action. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if I was slotting it the way it is, I mean, realistically, it should be main event the night one. But if it's not there, um, it should open night two. It's one of those things, I think, like you said, I, I honestly, it's 1A, 1B to me. You don't even have to put it. it realistically, to me, the tag belts are that the, you could do this match with main event without the tag belts. People are like, oh, the tag belts. I was one of those people, like, the tag belts aren't big enough. The story is bigger than the belts, whatever. The belts, on the line, off the line, this is literally 1A, 1B, Cody, and Roman. I think it should main event. If it doesn't, it should open night two. Because if it's somewhere either in the beginning of night one or in the middle of night one, it's what people are going to see, want to see on night one. It is so close to Cody and Roman drawing interest or people are interested. Like, it would be a big mistake to put it on early or middle of the show because... Yeah, Ronda or Rhea and Charlotte could be a good match, but people are like those are the two top matches people want to see. So if you put it on the middle early, anything after that, I feel like people won't even. Not that they're not going to be excited, but like it's like, it's going to be a lot. Um, so unless they put one of those showcase matches on after to cool the crowd off, I really don't know. But like you said, I think it's either main event or bookend night. So. Let's talk about those WrestleMania showcase matches. I mean, we've talked about it privately over text. I mentioned my, uh, I vented my frustration in article form and in audio form various times in the last couple of days. I, I don't give a fuck. Now, listen, I understand why they're doing it. I, I'm not saying it's a completely bad idea. The whole idea is to get more people on the show. Great for those people, for Braun for being on Mania. The guy just came back probably for no less than what was, I assume, a pretty good deal um, back in the fall. You know, I'm glad Ricochet, or, or, you know, Ricochet is great. Chad Gable, the profits are awesome. The OT stuff is entertaining. I love Alpha Academy. The match makes no sense. Um, and the whole, listen, get everyone on the show for a paycheck. I'm happy for them in that respect. From a wrestling fan match standpoint, like, what am I looking forward to? This is not it. I mean, this is literally the bathroom break of both shows, the men's and the women's matches. And honestly, if you were going to do them, then put forth more of an effort to build towards them. I would assume we're not getting an Andre the John Memorial Battle Royal, which does not bother me in the slightest. I know you can argue this is as meaningful as that. I would rather watch a Battle Royal than this shit. I mean, this is going to be as entertaining. I mean, pro- honestly, probably from an in-ring standpoint, this will be a better match. I will say that. But if there's no stakes, at least the Andre the John Memorial Battle Royal winner gets a fucking trophy, which is might be more of a curse than a blessing, I guess, considering the last couple of people that have won it. Um, but... Still, I mean, the showcase matches, no tag team title shot on the line. They're just having matches. No real rhyme or reason for why certain people are in there and other people aren't. 
I mean, maybe you have a different opinion, but I just, this is the bathroom break of both nights to me. I mean, uh, this is this is something that would feel like a pre-show match, but they'll probably put it on the main card. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just not as, I mean, I don't think, I'm, like, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait for the showcase matches, but I guess I'm just not as down on as you are. I mean, I think both nights will need something just to cool the crowd off. But I also think, I, I wouldn't say it's like particularly putting people on the show or put them on the show. Like if they're actually going to put some kind of emphasis on the tag team division once like the Usos drop the belts and they're actually going to split up the belts and actually try to make a tag team division. Okay, I understand it to a point. Like you said, it's not like they qualify. There was really any rhyme or reason these four teams made each each match, but if like they're actually going to put forth an effort to actually build a tag team division, okay, I get, I guess I understand it a little bit more. But if it's just to have a match to cool the crowd down, I don't overly love that. But I feel like it might, like the reason it's a showcase to kind of show the teams that they have to then theoretically make the tag team division like actually mean something. So I guess maybe I'm giving the the company a benefit of the doubt, but. I feel like I've heard that Triple H really wants like the tag division to be built up and split the belts up and all that other stuff. So I guess I could eat my words in a month or two when the tag division still sucks. But <laughs> I think as like a, <laughs> I, I just feel like the point of it saying like a showcase is to like show off the division or show like people like other things going on. And we're going to show you these teams. And once the division start getting a thing, it's like, I guess it's like, in a way, like, what they theoretically would do with, like, new talent. Like, oh, hey, like, instead of Bronson Reed and all these random people showing up in Ron Smith, and, like, you put them on a match at the big stage, like, oh, look at these teams we have. So people, like, can kind of get aware to them. And then once you start having, like, an attacking division actually pushing people and doing few, like, people know who they are. I feel like that's the point of it. But, maybe, like I said, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're just making me think like a business would make me think because that's what a showcase should be, yeah. and then they're just going to do nothing. So I guess maybe I'm more optimistic right now. Like I said, I, I could be eating my hat in a month, but as of now, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not, like, overly excited, but I understand if that's the direction they're going in, I understand why they would do it. They've been doing this for a decade, whether it be the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal or the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal or the multi-team tag team matches. They have not been able to replicate what the Money in the Bank ladder match has succeeded in, in that being that it got as many people on the show as possible, people that made sense, and that to me was the real showcase of people that were not busy in other programs. I feel like if you had a Money in the Bank ladder match, which I guess this would have been the year to do it, and I know they're getting rid of gimmick pay-per-views. I'm fine with Money in the Bank staying a show just because, you know, Triple H told all of us you can't challenge someone to a Money in the Bank ladder match. Of course, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I've always loved the show. The show has always been a lot of fun, so I get it. I understand that. Um, I do think it's tailor-made for WrestleMania, and they just haven't been able to replicate that. I feel like if you had those matches at Mania this year, LA Knight would be in a, would have a spot, undoubtedly. Karrion Cross, Bronson Reed, Liv Morgan, Raquel, uh, Tegan Knox, likely. I mean, the list goes on and on. Instead, you're having, specifically with the women, the men's match is lazy, the build is lazy, but at least those are four teams that are teams. I mean, Braun and Ricochet have been teaming for only a few months, but they, they're still, like, a team, technically. The women, Liv and Raquel, I mean, they weren't even on SmackDown since Elimination Chamber. I mean, what what the fuck are we even doing here? I mean, I lo- I'm love. i glad they're going to be on the show. They deserved it. Liv Morgan specifically. I mean, she had a pretty good year. She was SmackDown Women's Champion. She beat Ronda Rousey twice. She got over. Did nothing, but, you know, she had a pretty good summer. I think she deserves to be a WrestleMania, but I think there's, I, I, I listen, I'm not on the creative team, but I feel like a Money in the Bank ladder match or esque match like that would be, would accomplish that more than just doing a random team match. I mean, like you said, if it's meant for the tag team division, then great, but I feel like especially with the women, these teams will not stick together beyond WrestleMania if the rumor teams are true. Well, I'm trying to think. Like, what would your thoughts be if they, not per se, did money in the bank? Because, I mean, I feel like, like you said, I like that zone pay-per-view. They're getting rid of beginning pay-per-views. You can't challenge them with money in the bank. I think it's a great pay-per-view, so we should just keep money in the bank regardless. But, like, I guess our, my question would be, like, like, would you be, what would your thoughts be if they did, like, 
a four-way or something like that for the women and men to get like a title opportunity like would you still be out on that like la night cross someone else and someone else for like a, t- a unit intercontinental or united St- or one of the whatever a title mm-hmm. opportunity for a belt and then you can do the same thing with the one would you be like would you like that better or like just like i would actually. i guess that's my question like would you want would you want like would you want like a ladder match and like it's not for the money in the bank but it's like a number one contender match like I feel like ladder matches are kind of just done to death at this point. So would you rather like a fatal four-way for like a title opportunity or something like that more than like the showcase? Personally, yes, because I know it it gets less people okay. on the show, which, you know, I'm sorry to the talent. I mean, if they're, they're getting paid to be there again, I can't completely shit on it because it's great for them, I guess. I, I would just prefer less people, like less, like the, the fact that there's four yep. teams, that sounds like it should be a mess. I'm sorry. But four, three teams is one thing. We had a, a triple threat tag team match last year, and it was a lot of fun. Um, four teams sounds like a mess. It doesn't even make sense. The match that you proposed at least would have stakes. I honestly love the idea of a ladder match. I mean, money. I mean, it basically is a Money in the Bank ladder match, except for a mid-card title, although you can cash in Money in the Bank for a mid-card title, according to Austin Theory, apparently, as we saw last year. The problem with that, though, as you mentioned, they've done ladder matches to death in all the companies, specifically WWE and AEW. We see it all the fucking time. We're getting one at Stand and Deliver that day. Um, I wish they didn't do them as often because that's ladder matches should be for shows like WrestleMania and they shouldn't be doing them every other month like we've seen in these companies. It's just so dumb. Um, I think AEW, to give them credit, I think they've got a great concept in the Casino Battle Royal. The problem with that, though, is that they do it every couple of months. They don't do it once a year. They do it like it all out. They do it on Dynamite. They do it a double or nothing. Same thing with WrestleMania. I mean, we see Battle Royals all the time. Who gives a shit at this point? And they usually feature nothing but losers anyway. But I feel like the roster is so stacked now that if you were to have... And also, the, the Andre... I, I love Andre. No no disrespect, but they would have to rebrand that. Like, a Battle Royal also accomplishes that. But the problem is that the Andre, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, has no value at this point because every winner has either been fired or de-pushed. So I, I feel like finding a happy medium there would be best. Or the four... Listen, the four-team match, I'm sure, is going to be great, but specifically with the women. Why the fuck would Raquel and Liv even want to team up if there's nothing on the line, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's my no, big. No, I get that. Like I said, I don't, no, I get it. I just, I feel like, I feel like the more and more we discuss the tag team division, I just, I know it's not, it's not, it doesn't, it's still. I mean, you put the belts on Lita and Becky, it's not like it got better. Like they haven't done shit with them. I just, it's tough. I just feel like they have a tough time specifically booking interesting things with the women that doesn't belong, like a title. There's no title. Yeah, no, we, we've talked about this. Yeah, suck anyways. And we've talked about this a hundred times. I just feel like at this point, like if they can't figure out a tag title, like anything for the tag belts, I just at that point just scrap them because you're putting like you're putting a lot of people. Okay, so when Spec and Lita lose them, are they gonna actually do anything with them or? We're just gonna have people that hold them and do nothing. So, honestly, I think I'd rather them get rid of the tag belts. At that point, if they got rid of the tag belts, I'd rather them just like I know there's so many belts and all that shit. At that point, just make like a mid card women's belt. I feel like not like you said, not everything has to be about women about belts in specific, but they just can't do it, and it sucks because it's not everything should be about a belt, and not everyone should have one. But they haven't had like an interesting women's feud realistically without the belts. Besides, like, Becky and Bailey, but they're also two top women. Like, yeah. what, we have Liv going crazy and Sonya, who cares? And I understand what they're trying to do. It just doesn't work. And nope. besides that, I couldn't even tell you another few that we've had. So, I, if they, if like I said, I'll hold out hope. I think Triple H, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And like I said, I could be eating my hat in a month. I think they're meant to showcase potentially tag division. Like, so why would they want to tag up together? I have no idea. There's no really rhyme or reason they just threw these teams together we'll see what happens i'm not overly excited but i said i think they'll be f- the men i think will be a good match the women eh, we'll 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 hold judgment there but like i said I, i'm holding a hope that there's actual reason for this i hope so i mean the real reason is that again to get everyone on the card but i would hope that between now and then they do add some stakes we're a week away from the event they probably won't it could be worse. I mean, these are all very talented people. That men's match would be a lot of fun. The women's match, based on who I've heard, could be in it. 
you know, makes sense, and I'm looking forward to it. I just wish they would put more effort into these things and figure these things out sooner than a fucking two weeks before WrestleMania. I mean, I shit on AEW for adding matches to their card the week before, and they have four months build. WWE's had a long time to figure this out. Triple H has had a while. I know injuries and shit happen. Listen, I totally get it. But especially with the men's match, it's like at that point, if you're going to announce it two weeks before, either put it on the pre-show or don't do it at all. That just seems lazy to me. And you're like, oh, then why doesn't anyone care about this match? Because there's no fucking reason to care about this match. And people are in the bathroom. I mean, that's just what it is. And I feel bad for the talent more than anything. Um, the other big highlight from Raw, the Cody Rhodes-Roman Reigns exchange. Uh, this was phenomenal. Not much more can be said beyond that, though. Cody Rhodes mentioning that, you know, listen, if Roman, you lose at WrestleMania, the bloodline could be going bye-bye. The Usos leave. Solo turns on you. Heyman's an advocate again. And then Roman mentioning, listen, you ran away when you weren't getting over, which is dumb. I mean, it's true and it's not true. Cody was not in, you know, beloved by the audience in AEW before he left him, and he got a pretty strong reaction. But, I mean, if you're over, you're over. Good or positive response, or negative response. But anyway, I understood what he was going for. I, I, I enjoyed that he brought that up, because that is another element of the story they haven't really acknowledged up until this point. But I thought this was great, and this has been the best... I mean, thinking about it now, dude, this has probably been the best-built WrestleMania main event in years. I mean, I can't really think of any others beyond this that have been as good as what we've gotten with Cody and Roman so far. In addition to all the other Bloodline stuff, it's everything is firing in all cylinders at one time. So this was great stuff and a great ending to the show, I thought. Really putting in disbelief, will Cody win or will he not win? I'm still not sure myself. I'm, I'm still not sure myself. Yeah, I'm not sure myself either. I The more I think about it, like, the words coming out of Cody's mouth, it's like he can't lose, but then it's like the back of my mind. I'm like, I can't wait. I have it saved in the notes already. Text the GSM, Roman, <laughs> LOL. So I, I have it saved still. I haven't gone far enough to delete it. It's saved. It's ready. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I do. So I am conflicted. But like you said, I think... It might be a stretch, but honestly, since like maybe Rock and Cena won, I don't think we've had a main event that's been this like monumental. Um, no, I mean, I that's mean, a great, yeah, that's like a great the, last example. Like Brock and Roman the first time, eh, Roman and Triple H, no, Roman and Undertaker, no one really cared about, and it no. wasn't really supposed to be the main event, but it was. Uh, Brock and Roman again, eh, uh, the women's triple threat. Decent, but not great. Yeah. 30, 36 with COVID, so no one cared. 37 out of the two nights with Bianca and, and Sasha. Okay, and then the triple threat with the men. But no, I th like I said, I think that was realistically, good. you'd have to go back to Rome. That was good, but like this is like... This is better, this yeah. is like This is amazing. Um, so yeah, you'd honestly have to go back probably over 10 years since... And like I said, Rock and, Rock and Cena was like a full year build. Um, I mean, I guess this was kind of, I mean, Cody came back, said he wanted to win the, his, the title that he took away from his dad in the garden. So I guess we've got almost a year build out of this. Obviously got hurt, but I mean, th this is great stuff. Both guys are doing great stuff. I assume this is what Cody wanted to do in AEW and maybe just didn't have the talent to work with, but I don't know. He's been hitting Homer since he came back. The Seth stuff was great. Obviously got hurt. The return, the bloodline stuff, him helping out uh, Sammy and Owens. It's honestly must-see TV. It's just, it's great. And Roman, even though he's not around that much, his mic work's been amazing. His facials, mm -hmm. just the way he carries himself, he's come a long way as well with Heyman and the whole bloodline as a whole. So, no, this is amazing. I don't know who's going to win. I think that makes it great. Um, but I, I, it was definitely a good way to top off Raw. Did I not tell you a couple months ago that there was a pretty good chance that Roman might retain? Haven't we talked about that before? No, yeah, I think I think it's always been in the back of my mind that yeah. I think there's a chance he retains. Well, I say that because there was the report this week that Roman could. It's all contingent in whether he loses the title because obviously they haven't made up their minds. Not Listen, even if they did make up their minds about the outcome, would we really fucking find out a week before WrestleMania? Probably not. They, I have never heard, oh, they're contingent on... Cody Rhodes is definitely winning. We don't know that. They they don't change. They don't set things in stone for a reason until day of because people might leak it. So that's obviously no surprise. No no shit. They haven't settled on the outcome yet. I'm telling you, dude. If Roman is taking time off, and I have, I've always thought he was after WrestleMania, he's not scheduled for backlash. He's not being advertised for the Puerto Rico show in May. I don't think he's going to be out uh, Saudi Arabia for King of the Ring or even London for Money in the Bank. It sounds like he won't be back until SummerSlam. 
I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, I love Roman. I have sat here and told you before, and you have agreed with me for most of the time, I'm sure, that Roman should retain. Roman should retain. Against Drew, Roman should retain. People didn't like that. Oh, fuck, tough shit. It, it shouldn't be Drew beating Roman. I'm telling you now, it's got to be Cody. I've never felt this strongly about any of Roman's opponents. It's got to be Cody. And I think Roman retaining and then leaving for six months is fucking terrible. The amount of people in my mentions that are saying they want Roman to retain just for him to disappear, I'm honestly shocked. For as many complaints as I've heard over the years about, oh, there's no world champion and Roman's part-time. Okay, this is our chance to get the belt on someone that people actually give a shit about, and then you're going to have them lose? What, to win at SummerSlam? Again, I, I'm sorry. There is, not that you are attempting to, but I don't think anyone can change my mind that Cody Rhodes losing is a dumb fucking idea. I'm sorry. No, I, I agree. I just... I just, I just, like I said, the text saved. I, I haven't deleted it yet. Like, I'm so wishy-washy on it that I'm not deleting it. I have a gut feeling that Roman still could win. And like I said, if he leaves for six months, I I just think it would be dumb, one, especially if he retains, and two, Cody, no, he needs to win now. It's... I hate to be like, it's just like all the words have come out of his mouth. Every way he's articulated what's going to happen on April, on April 2nd or April 3rd. It's April 2nd, right? Yeah, April 2nd. Yeah. He said it like on April 2nd, I'm going to win. Like, I just feel like he loses. He just, he looks like the biggest loser. (sighs) And obviously, yes, he lost, but like he talked himself up and like, it's like the whole story and all that whole jazz and just to lose. It's like, Okay, then then what? And if Roman leaves, then what does he do? I just and I just don't think he'll be as over as he is now. And like you said, Randy will be coming back, and maybe someone else will get super over and just kind of change the trajectory. I just, I I just don't think we can also can go another six months without a world champion, especially on both shows. If Roman's going to leave, so I, I I think Cody needs to win. I just have a feeling that Roman also could win. Maybe they do something that, like, since he's not around, they strip one of his belts. I still think that'd be extremely dumb because, like I said, then you have two belts that are off a, off the show for another six months. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Cody should win. He's got to win. Maybe maybe someone will change my mind he's in the next week. Win, but I just don't feel it. I no, I agree. I have a feeling that Roman's going to hit him with the spear. We're going to laugh and move on. And we're going to come on the show the next Wednesday, bitching and moaning that Cody lost. And then the next night he gets beat by Omos and something else bad happens <laughs> and then he gets hurt Yeah, and something else happens. It just, it, it has to be Cody. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's not like, oh, I'm this big Cody mark and whatnot. It's just the fact that I just think it makes the most sense. And if you don't do that, then, then what? Then it's like, oh, that's the reason. That's why it's so intriguing. We don't know what happens next. No, they don't have a plan. They don't fucking do it. This whole Roman thing has been great, but and he's been the best part of the show for years now. If you don't have a plan for who's going to take the belt off of him after two and a half years, then I don't know what to tell you. That's just fucking lazy. That's la- I'm Again, it's lazy to me. I'm sorry. We'll find out next but, week, but I'm sure so he's going to retain. You, so here's my question for you. If Roman was not going to take a hiatus after WrestleMania, would you, would you feel so... I know that you want Cody to win. You think he should win. But if Roman was actually going to stick around, would he be... Is the fact that he's rumored to take time off retaining would be... Is way worse... Like, is that what's really, like, sticking in your craw? Or, like, even Roman retaining in general, you're just like, no. No, it just reinforces the idea that I don't want him to win. I mean, I've I've said this to you before here and elsewhere, and just that I just think Cody has to win. I really do, and that... Again, I, I, I think my biggest issue is that I feel like, and I don't know these things, I don't work there, but I feel like this is leading to Cody maybe winning at SummerSlam, and I feel like that would be insanely stupid. I feel like you're really running a risk, and even if he is still over by then, it doesn't mean as much because you know he's going to win. Why would they give him another title shot six months later to lose again? I mean, yeah, Kevin Owens got five title shots and lost every time. I get that, but now, Cody's different. I mean, Cody has a real chance of doing it, and for him to lose twice, I mean, it would be stupid. He would probably beat Roman in fucking Detroit. I mean... That's dumb, too. Even if Roman was sticking around, he's not defending every month. He hasn't defended every month in over a year because he's part-time now. He is a part-time guy. But not only that, even if Roman was full-time, he worked all the Raws, SmackDowns, house shows, even on NXT. He was on all the fucking shows. Then what? <laughs> well, then what? You know, that's that's okay. my question to these people. Then what? Just keep the belt on him for the sake of keeping the belt on him? I'm sorry. That's stupid. 
Okay, so here's my next question. So Roman loses the belt at WrestleMania. What does he do next? If he takes the time off, does he face Cody at SummerSlam? No, he doesn't. I cut co- you come back. The whole story should be around the bloodline. He comes back. You don't do okay. a rematch with him and Cody e- either, if ever, but not anytime soon. And, and that includes SummerSlam. You have him focus on Jay. That's the real story there. And I always, I've always told you, I love the idea of it going back to Jay and Roman. I don't like the idea of it being over the title because I don't want Jay to win the title because Jay's just not that guy. I love Jay. I think he's amazing. He's done great work. I don't want him to win the title. The back end of it is that you go back to that story. I just feel like it's a story that writes... You could do fucking Solo Sokoa in Roman after what we saw on Monday, but I feel like Jay and Roman makes the most sense. That is just my two cents, though. Do you... Do you this is just, I mean, so you think you should face Jay, no title involved. Do you think there is a way, not saying this is a fancy book, and that there is some way that maybe Jay takes one of the belts off Cody... Somehow, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen with the both belts. They're trying to split them up. Cody will have both, whatever. Do you think there's a way that, some way, that Jay could be one of the, the person that takes the belt off Cody? He says he's the tribal chief now. Roman's not, he's gone. Roman's gone, and Roman comes back at SummerSlam to face Jay. Then he's going to continue the bloodline. Like I said, he doesn't have to go with the belt. I guess my point is who would then take the belt off Cody? Um, I, I don't, I don't want I, him to retire it either or like give it away. <laughs> I think that's dumb. I don't hate. I, I just feel like Roman's had it for like 9,000 days. Like, Cody, like, yeah, I'm fucking Universal Belt's a piece of shit. I don't want it. I mean, it I is a piece of shit. I that's a story, but if that's the point. <laughs> it is. I understand that's the point. Like, at least he wins it, though. Like, at that point. At least he would win it. Someone was suggesting <laughs> that he should relinquish it before he's even beaten for it, which is even worse. <laughs> Hey, Roman, you know what? If I beat you tomorrow night, I don't even want that universal belt. No, he doesn't. Fucking WWE one. Nope. Honestly, but then that's the point, though. Is like, at this point, I wish he just defend. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's no easy way because it's like I also feel like if he beats Roman, he shouldn't just drop the belt immediately either. Because like he beat the guy that hasn't lost in fucking nine hundred days, he shouldn't just beat him and like two months later lose the belt. I just feel like. I mean, obviously, shenanigans and all that stuff could happen. No, I, I wouldn't like do that insane. either. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I, I, w- I just don't want him, to, like I said, I don't want him to relinquish the belt. I think that's dumb. Cody or Roman? Or well, both. You're out on Jay winning the belt and him and Roman, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm out on Jay beating Roman for it. I'm not specifically out on your idea of Jay winning it from Cody. I just think after WrestleMania and after the Usos, they have to lose the tag team titles. Um, I think Jay should lean more babyface. I wouldn't even split up the Usos necessarily, but maybe the the Bloodline are tweeners, or maybe they're a full-on face faction. I don't fucking know, but um, I I wouldn't necessarily do your idea of putting the belt on Jay from Cody. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I would just rather see, or not even rather, I just think it's more likely that we would see someone like, and, and people have pitched this before. It depends on long on how long Sammy uh, or Cody's reign is. But Sammy Zayn could make sense at some point. I know he's doing the thing with Kevin Owens. I get that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this would happen to Backlash. But you can tell a story with Cody going heel eventually. I mean, it, it would have to be at a point when people turn on him. Do not turn him heel willingly because that'd be stupid. If he has all this momentum, don't do that. Only do it when it makes sense. That could be in a year from now, honestly. But Sammy and Cody make sense, given what happened with them. Cody kind of took a spot of Mania, and you can play off all that fan shit. That's an idea. Um, I had seen someone else say, listen, I don't think this is necessarily what's going to happen. Theory's another option, too. Theory and Cody is another option. I know we love Theory and whatnot, but most people don't. Well, currently. Say the internet's going to kill you for that one. What'd you say? I know, yeah, the internet. Yeah, the yeah, internet yeah. I would get, yes. Just uttering those words, the internet's going to kill you. Yeah, well, I mean, they're really high on theory, so I could see that. But honestly, above any of those options, for as much as I love Sammy, Cody would have to be a heel for this one, too. But Rollins. Rollins never beat Cody, and you can go back to that, and Rollins can finally beat him. Maybe, I mean, you could do face and face. I don't want to turn Rollins back heel. It's been He's been a face for, like, five minutes. That's another option as well, either by SummerSlam, later on in the year, Royal Rumble, Mania. I mean, I don't know if Cody is the champion for a year, but I don't know. Those are some potential options, I think. I, th- I think, I think, especially specific with the Bloodline stuff, like I said, I feel like you can flesh it out even longer. Like I said, it doesn't have to be for a belt. You can even have Jay win the United or the Intercontinental belt off like Drew or Sheamus, whoever wins it. Hopefully, Sheamus. But like you could have him. Like I said, I feel like you could put in the dynamic like. 
he like, they lost the tag belts. He's the tribal chief. He's the head of the table now. He has the belt. Ba 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 ba. SummerSlam, Roman him. I just feel like that would make the most sense. Besides, if he didn't have a belt, like who, like he had have no claim to fame. Okay, he's the guy, I guess. I don't know. Like we said, <laughs> I guess he could screw Roman. The the story would come back to that. Like said, or they could do solo as well. Um, yeah. But I think you could also flesh that even longer as well. But I think you still have so much legs in the bloodline story in general that, yeah, it's kind of coming to a head at WrestleMania, but just like the infighting between the bloodline itself can flash out even another year. The title reign is coming to a head at WrestleMania. I wouldn't say, I know what they're teasing, but I wouldn't even, I agree. I don't think they necessarily have to end the bloodline at WrestleMania. It's still the best thing on the show. It's been almost three years. It doesn't mean they have to break it up if it's been the best thing on the show. I think they should end Roman's reign, but I think the bloodline doesn't have to center around the world title. I know they've said that Roman's existence is contingent on those championships. I get that, which would make it all that more meaningful when he comes back. Him being angry or upset and intense, and we see another side of Roman we haven't seen either in a while or ever, where he goes off on Jay, and he sees Jay, and he's like, listen, you've been doing fine without me. Fuck you guys. You need me. And then he beats the shit out of Jay, or Jay turns on him first, like we saw with Sammy. I got a lot of different directions. One direction I thought would be possible. No, I think there is a lot of directions. A lot of directions, and I'm not talking about one direction as in the band here, but one direction I think is possible that I would that interested me at one point that I wouldn't necessarily do, and I mentioned this on Hashtag, I would not turn Roman baby face. I just feel like you have so many faces as it is. At some point down the road, yes, that'll happen. I mean, Jay's the guy here. Jay's the guy that's got to conquer Roman. Jay is a heel. Like someone suggested someone leading him leading the bloodline, and then Roman comes back as a baby face. And I thought that would be a good idea like it's a year ago. Around. He can lead the bloodline as a baby face. He doesn't. He's the baby face in the whole thing. He's like the abused. Jay is, yes, I, exactly. Like, I agree. Yes, Jay is the abused wife. Like, Roman's his uh, abusive husband and beating him down, and he's just staying around, and, like, he saw someone else got away from the clutches, and it's like, he's seeing, like, he has the opportunity. He came back to save his brother, people. He came back to save his brother. Like, how heroic of a baby face. Like, he literally went back to the guy that was beating his ass, told him he can't do anything because he's his property, basically. To save his brother... From getting beaten, it's like it is literally like fucking storytelling one on one. Jay has to be the baby face. Yeah. He has to conquer Roman. Like it is the story, and that's literally where the bloodline started. Like it is the beginning story. Like you talk about long term storytelling. This has been like three fucking years. Started off with Jay and fucking Roman and Jimmy Uso. Like it's it's literally fucking stories, and it's literally amazing. Uh, listen, I agree. We just rewatched the. Uh, you got to watch it yourself on WWE's YouTube channel. They posted about a week ago the near two-hour playlist of the entire Bloodline storyline. Every major Bloodline segment dating back from when Roman returned at SummerSlam all the way up until like a week or two ago when Jay explained his actions returning on Sammy. It's well worth the watch before WrestleMania. Oh, I need. I haven't seen it yet, but I need to fire it I up mean, on the YouTube. Like said, and it, it has literally been amazing. Bust out the popcorn and fire it up on YouTube because it's well worth the watch. But listen, Mister Marcel, we're desperately out of time. No AEW talk today. After all, we were talking uh, too much about the Bloodline stuff, and, and not enough, honestly. That is the the biggest thing going on in wrestling right now. Dynamite was Dynamite. We'll talk about it next week. Probably not because it's WrestleMania week. We'll get back to it at some point. NXT. Sorry, maybe next week. Um, but that is the WrestleMania uh, roundup show. Not roundup show, but rather the preview prediction panel is next week i'm looking forward to a night two night one i will be there in la when we talk next i don't know what day that's going to be like i said or what fucking time but it's going to happen we will do it at some point i can't wait to chop it up with you brother yeah sorry for the rant I no i love it this is this is the conversation that i like what'd you say it just came out of me no listen i love it this is the conversation i like it's raw it's genuine it's wrestle rant radio that's what this is no, definitely. I love it. All right, Mr. Marceau. Have a good one. I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. Later. Adios. Adios.